It's going to start to wrap this up tonight. Here there's um, some of the testimonies and stories of what's happened in this place. Think of that hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. Thanks, team. You can go down if you like. I'll call you back in a few minutes. <clears throat> the wonder of salvation. Such a marvelous thing, isn't it? How many of you are glad you're saved? You know, it's just, you never want to lose the, the wonder of being a child of God and having salvation. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. And uh, what an amazing night to celebrate the main reason Jesus came to earth, to reach those who are without Christ and without hope. And what I love about tonight is that we're not celebrating what Adrian and I have done, but tonight we're celebrating what, with God, together, we have, as a church have managed to do over the last number of decades. Well, in fact, 39 years it's been now. And together reaching so many who have not, who never knew Jesus. And we've all played our part, you know, whether it's been ushers on the door, giving people a friendly welcome or teachers in the kids' church while the parents get into the services or whether it's those in the car park, or, you know, the, the musicians at create a presence of God or the sound people that give mostly good sound, <laughs> nearly always good sound. Occasionally we do get a complaint, but we haven't had any for a long time now. So that's good. The lighting, you know, just all the, the, the youth workers, the youth, you know, the youth leaders and the small groups. And you know, I can just go on and on and on. But so many have played their part and together, you know, we've partnered and God has been able to bring in a tremendous harvest of lost people to find a knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, my journey in this really began probably about, well, I guess about 30 years ago when I was an associate pastor at uh, what was then uh, New Zealand's largest church. The, they called it, it was called the Queen Street Assembly of God. I remember when I was there, I was on staff and... Um, and the Lord spoke a verse of scripture to me from uh, 2 Timothy, which really took me by surprise, which was 2 Timothy 4 verse 5, but be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and uh, fulfill your ministry. And that verse, it's amazing how just one verse can suddenly become a, a totally defining moment in your life, your calling, your future, your destiny. I didn't realize it at the time, because I saw myself more as a bit of a teacher of God's word and I felt the Lord was saying, now I want you to encourage people to do the work of an evangelist until I actually realized that God was speaking to me and said, no, no, Tuck, I want you to do the work of an evangelist, which really was outside of my zone. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't something that I felt I was strongly called to. But earlier there had been uh, indications that God had his hand uh, on my life. And this year we, when I was a, a youth leader, um, way back before we even went to the mission field, we, our, young, our young people held a, an outreach at Crum Park, which is in Green Bay. And uh, I was asked to do the altar call, give it a short testament, give them the altar call at the end of the, end of the meeting out in the open air. I don't know, maybe five or 600 people. I don't know how many people were there, but quite a few people there. And when I gave the altar call, I remember giving it to this day. There was a song playing in the background and the, the Holy Spirit just came and the presence of God just filled the atmosphere of that, that um, outreach. 
And uh, when we gave the altar call for salvation, to my utter amazement, people started coming to the front. And I can't remember, but maybe 30 or so people gave their lives to the Lord way, way back there. And that was one of my very first experiences of having an altar call and people being saved. I didn't realize back then that that would become a, a part of God's you know, real calling upon my life is to have altar calls and to see people come to Jesus and, and a knowledge of God. So God was at work way back there. So once I came to Church Unlimited in 1988, still remember the first Sunday and the Sunday morning, maybe just over 100 people there. And, uh, you know, it was now in my heart to always have an altar call. And even when I spoke in that first service, I was, I was actually only being um, what they called um, audition because I, uh, uh, they had three people coming in who wanted the who were, you know, wanted this job here at Church Unlimited, three people. So they all came and spoke, and I was one of them that came. And so even then, I remember giving the altar call for salvation. I can't remember, but maybe throughout the course of the day, three or four or five people gave their lives to the Lord on the very, well, it was actually the Sunday even before I started um, uh, as a senior pastor here at Church Unlimited. And so since that time, souls has been really in the, the DNA of the church and a huge part of what we feel God has called us to do. And it's only probably in the last five, 10 years that I actually have begun to more realize that actually that is the reason Jesus came. You know, for a long time, it was kind of an add-on. Yeah, we've got to do that. This pastor teaches evangelists, possible. And, you know, we're doing the work in evangelism. And that was a good thing to do. And then as the years went on, I began to realize, no, hold on a minute. This is actually what the church is all about. And I remember someone saying to me a while ago, oh, well, you, you know, you're really strong on, on souls, aren't you? And I thought, yeah, well, what are you strong on? Like, what, what, what is your focus of your church and what you do? And, and so it is really and uh, what, why Jesus came. And I think it's one of the reasons God in some ways continues to open doors for us in the nation and in the nations of the world because reaching lost people is a heartbeat of God. Uh, that's, that's what his heart, heart broke over. He came to reach people who didn't know him. He wanted everyone to get to heaven, to be saved and not go to the other, other place. And so it, it really was a very powerful thing and, and really has become uh, established strongly in our lives. And um, I often talk and mention from time to time the, the great general, of the Salvation Army, to whom we owe so much, you know, the Salvation Army, uh, William Booth. And, uh, but do you know the turning point in his ministry? Some of you may not know this. Let me read to you. It came, uh, he had a vision. And uh, in his vision, he had a vision of a, a black, dark, stormy sea of the perishing lost that he never forgot. He heard and he saw the screams and the shrieks of those bobbing and struggling for air as the waves crashed over them and the lightning surrounded them. He said, out of the sea rose a great rock where survivors had clambered. But they stayed in leisurely pursuits and pastimes, not caring for those who were struggling around the base. Some even argued about how best to save the drowning, but still did nothing. But there was a wonderful being who came to the aid of those who were drying, drowning, and he beckoned to the other survivors who had already got on the rock to assist him, but they wanted to be comforted and wanted him to come to them and give them more reassurance. That vision transformed the life of the great general. What an amazing vision. 
that I think speaks to us still today in three ways. Number one is never forget, never, ever, ever, ever forget that those who die every day without Christ in accidents, wars, drownings, sickness, they fall into eternal suffering and torment in the fires of hell. May we never, ever lose sight of the eternal destiny of men and women whose lives this very moment hang in the balance between heaven and hell. And God has called us to do everything we can to continue to reach this lost world. Secondly, as those who have been saved, let's not be like those in the vision who continued with the pleasures of life, enjoying themselves and unconcerned about the lost all around them. And thirdly, it's important we don't just talk and hear about how to reach lost people, but then still do little because Jesus calls every one of us in this place to do our part. And I'm proud to say that many have risen to the challenge and we're seeing God do some wonderful things in this place. Over the last 26 years that I've been here, <clears throat> my estimate is a, in that period of time, together with you, as we've labored together and prayed and sought God, I would suggest that somewhere around 10,000 people have stood at the altars of salvation at what is now Church Unlimited. This is pretty emotional stuff. I was uh, staggered watching that DVD because I'd actually forgotten all these staff that were saved here at Church Unlimited. Brendan, Brian, Julie, Sarah, Helen, Umesh, his wife Nessa, and Gary and Trish, of course, as well. But so many others that found Christ through your ministry. Why don't you give yourselves a big hand tonight? <clears throat> Myself, Sam, and a few others, we've just been the final link in the chain that have the privilege of putting on the altar call and bringing in the net by the grace of God. But if you guys weren't bringing the people here, well, no one would be standing at the altar. So it's just tremendous how, what a team we have become here at Church Unlimited. Some of you will remember Heaven's Gates, the very first one we did. And I think over three or four nights, I think it was 710 people stood at this altar giving their lives to Jesus Christ. It was a, just a phenomenal time in the, in the life of this church, one of the great highlights. Another time was the Sunday night. Not long ago, we prayed a, a DVD by Jensen Franklin on hell. And uh, the, the altar call was packed. I think something over 30 people gave their lives on a Sunday night to Jesus in this place. So it was, it was just fantastic. But there was a season where hardly anyone was being saved. And I cried out to God and I said, God, what, what's happening here? And he gave me a scripture very, very clearly, Isaiah 66 verse 8, which says, No sooner was Zion in travail that she gives birth to her children. And the Lord made it clear that to see people saved would require earnest prayer 
and intercession and crying out to God. And so after I got that word from the Lord, I asked the church, I can't remember whether it was a 10-day fast or 21-day fast, but we, we went into earnest prayer and travail, crying out to God to, to give us souls. And over the next three months, after that prayer and fasting, or during that time and afterwards, a hundred people stood at the altars giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And I realized then that people being saved was not a matter of better preaching, evangelists, music, lights, smoke machines, seeker-friendly services. No, the key is prayer and fasting and intercession and seeking the face of God because it's a spiritual battle that we are in and we've got to break the work of the enemy in people's lives so they will give their hearts to Christ. So just looking ahead, it's always been the dream of to see Church Unlimited grow significantly on new believers. And we've made progress in that area, but nowhere near like what we'd want to do. We'd love to see hundreds and hundreds saved and added to this church every year. So we can be a model and export that across the nation and maybe in the nations of the world. You know, I don't know of any churches in New Zealand that are growing significantly. I include us in this category. That I don't know of any that are significantly growing on new people being saved and added. We're growing, but I wouldn't say it's significant yet at this stage. I want, I'd like to get much further down the road on that. In New Zealand, we're good at growing churches. We can build churches, but in seeing community transformation and more numbers of people saved and added to the church, that's really a challenge that still stands before us and a challenge that we are determined to overcome and to see uh, multitudes being saved, not just in this church, but in churches all across the nations, nation and, and people uh, flocking into the church and the number of Christians in New Zealand significantly increasing for the glory of God. Our vision is to see West Auckland and Auckland City now that we've got a church in there as well. We had a great time in there this morning to see it impacted by the Holy Spirit and to see community transformation take place. We want to believe God together that we can see a, a more godly community, a more peaceful community where there is no violence, where all the statistics are on the decline of suicide and divorce and abuse and violence and murder, not only in the West, but also in Auckland City. And I believe church has got the power, the church of Jesus Christ has got the power and the anointing of the Spirit through prayer to bring about community transformation. That is our vision. That is our goal. It's beyond just building a church. We want to see much more than that. We want to see God change our community, change our society. Our goal is a full-blown revival, an outbreak of God, heaven invading earth. Our vision is to see every believer in this church on fire, serving God and ministering in the supernatural and healing power of Jesus Christ. Everyone here functioning as full-time ministers of the gospel. We want to see the power of God flowing not just in the church, 
but in the community. We want to see people falling on their knees in the streets under great conviction and giving their lives to Jesus Christ. We want to see multitudes being saved and added. We want newspapers reporting the amazing happenings in the church of Jesus Christ, not only in Auckland, but all across our nation. And schools, we want to see schools, streets, entire schools, factories, businesses turning to Jesus en masse, giving their hearts in surrender to Christ. Wouldn't it be great to see Calston boys and Calston girls have a mighty revival where hundreds and hundreds of them give their lives to Jesus. And they become a Christian school run by the government of New Zealand and paid for by them. It's time, friends, to see transformation take place. We've prayed, we've fasted, we've sought God, we've done everything we know how to do, and we're going to continue to do it. But we want to see our community blanketed with the presence and power of God. It's time to see the church, and this is our vision, to become the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, leading and not following. For the church to be influencing the world and not being influenced by the world. Having a strong voice that is listened to. The dream is to see West Auckland and our city know and declare that Jesus is alive. So, as the musicians come, arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord arises upon you. This is our time. This is our hour. This is our destiny. Let's stand together in Jesus' name. The best is yet to come. (laughs) I feel like I've been here a few years, but I I, honestly, I feel like I'm just starting. I'm just getting ready. I've just, you know got out of my gumboots and I put on my running shoes. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run with fire. And see what the Lord will do. Please don't think we've arrived. We are just starting. The wave is just getting up. Get ready for the ride of your life. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And there's much work to yet be done.